How's everybody doing in the city canvas today? Good? You guys are the good Christians. You know why? Because you braved the rain to get here. And I agree, that car park team is amazing. If you can get me and the kids inside dry, you're doing a good job, right? My children are here with me. I brought uh, Rachel along. She helps us out on a Sunday with our kids. And I said to the kids, I'm going to the city this week. And they said, well, we're coming too. So they like to go around to all the other churches, all the other Elam churches across the country and check out all the power zones. Like they, they take their job as pastor's kids super seriously. And they will bring me back a report at the end of today as to how Power Zone was. Um, but really, what I think it is, is that they know when they go to another church, they're new people. So they can put up their hand for the chocolate bar when they do the new people at every service, you know? So they're smart, smart children. Uh, but I'm so blessed to be here this morning, and I actually get the privilege of continuing in our series that we're running across all of our canvases at the moment, called The Time Is Now. And we're looking at the book of Haggai, and uh, we're so, um, we're so, I'm so excited to be able to bring you this uh, word today. And my prayer is that it really is an encouragement to you. I hope that you've come here today ready to be encouraged and walk out of this place feeling like you can conquer whatever it is you are facing at the moment. So just a bit of backstory, just to remind you of where we're at in the book of Haggai and what's going on. Uh, to set us up this morning, I need to remind you that King Solomon in the fourth year of his reign, he began the construction of the temple. And he built uh, this amazing temple was produced. And after King Solomon's death, the people's hearts turned away from God and they began to worship idols. And so God, from this point on, God began to put into place a series of events that would turn the people's hearts back to him. It's a familiar story to us, isn't it, of the Israelites turning away from God and God causing them to turn their hearts back to them. So, in 587 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar basically crushes Judah and destroys the temple completely. And uh, then the Israelites are taken, the Jews are taken into captivity for 50 years after the destruction of the temple. Then we fast forward to 538 BC where 50,000 people are allowed to travel uh, back to rebuild the temple. Finally, they're able to come rebuild the temple. It's an exciting moment for the Israelites Israelite people. So they start to build the house of God and they get so far as the foundation and the altar and then it gets a little bit difficult. Um, the Samaritans begin to oppose their building and, and put restrictions in place that they can't complete the construction. And so this causes the Israelites to become discouraged and they stop building. They build a whole bunch of other stuff, but they stop building what God called them to build. They almost give up. And that's where we're going to jump in this morning, because there God calls upon the prophet Haggai to send a message to his people to let them know it's time to continue building. And I just want to speak to those this morning. If you're in this place and you're really building something for God, you're called to build something for God. God's put a, some, a message on your life. He's put something on your heart. He's called you to build something in your life. But it's got to the point where it feels a little bit difficult and you actually feel really discouraged and you feel like giving up. Well, I want you to know you're in the right place today to hear a word from God, to hear some encouragement this morning. Shall we pray before I begin? Father, I thank you, Lord, that your presence is in this place. God, I thank you that you wanna speak to us. You've got a word for us today. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive 
and it is relevant for us, for us today as it was when it was written. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we leave this place, we can go with a new seed sown into our heart, and Lord, may it flourish and grow that we might be changed. Father, I pray that you would use me this morning, not my own words, but your words. Father, empty me of who I am and fill me up with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've got to tell you a little bit about myself today. I know there's a few familiar faces here this morning. Do you know what I was trying to think? I don't know if I've actually preached in the city in the morning um, for like a million years. I don't think I have. And uh, so it's so cool to be here with Bob and Margie and Dan and Diana. You guys are all doing an amazing job and love Mike and Liz and uh, you'll be glad to have them back, won't you? It's, it's always nice when you get the boss back because I'm always like, shouldn't there be a grown-up running this thing? You know, like when the boss goes away, I'm like, I don't know if you should leave us in charge. But um, what was I saying? Oh, that's right. I need to let you know something about me, and that is that I'm not a sports person. Like, I'm not into any sport. My philosophy in life has always been, if it hurts, it's got to be bad for you, <laughs> right? So when it comes to sport, I have to admit, I am a self-confessed, natural-born quitter. I will give up. If I am playing something or doing something, especially if it's competitive in some kind of way, and it gets a little bit hard, or I'm not doing that good, like if I'm not winning, or if it's a little bit difficult, or if it begins to hurt in any way, or even if I get bored, I'll just quit. Like I'll stop, I just won't keep going. And I am married though to the opposite of that. I am married to the athlete, like Steve ran as a, a young man. He was like nationally ranked runner in New Zealand and he's very athletic and he goes to the gym and he does all these, like he's coordinated, right? And uh, this, is just, this is just not me. And so I'm married to this competitive sporting person and whenever we play sport together or do any kind of like, and I'm, when I'm saying sport, I'm talking like mini golf. When we play these kinds of things together, he gets so frustrated at me because I give up. And so um, we'll go and we'll go on a date. We don't do these dates anymore because it's not good for our marriage. Um, we go play mini golf and I'm playing mini golf and I start off real good. Like I start off trying my absolute best. I'm, re I'm there to win, you know. And I start off and I'm trying and then mini golf, turns out it's not easy golf. And um, it's actually quite hard to get that tiny ball around the obstacles and into the hole, right? right? Like it's not that easy. And so I'll start off playing and I'm doing a really good job at first and then it gets hard or Steve gets like way ahead of me and I'm getting into like getting it in in 10 and 12 and 13 shots. And after a while, and you can tell my countenance changes when I give up. Like, it changes completely, and I just start whacking the ball in whichever direction. And I don't even wait for the ball to stop rolling, and I have my next turn. I'm just like, whack, 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 whack. And um, I, that's like way over par <laughs> for me to get it through. I just give up. Like, if it gets hard, if it gets boring, if something happens, if I get discouraged, I just give up. Now, we're joking around here today. I'm not kidding, by the way. That's an absolute truth. But we laugh about that, but... How many of you know, and maybe, maybe it's just me, I, you guys are such good Christians here in the city campus, I don't think it's you, but uh, sometimes there are seasons in our life, there are times we can go through in our life when we are building something and we hit some discouragement, we hit some opposition, we hit some critique or something gets a little bit difficult, we tend to give up, don't we? We tend to want to quit, we feel like we just want to throw it all in. Anybody else 
with me there. You know, these guys, these guys that we're talking about, the, the Israelites, these people were building something and they came across some opposition. It got hard. People looked at the wall, they were, at, the, at the temple, they were like, what, is that, as, is that as far as you've got? Like, what do you call this? This is never going to be as good as the one that was before. Like, guys, do you call this a temple? They hit some opposition and they wanted to stop building. They wanted to stop building what God had called them to build. And I don't know what God is calling you to build in your life right now. I don't know if he's calling you, maybe building, you know, building a great marriage. Maybe he's calling you to build a great business. Maybe there's a ministry you're a part of and he's calling you to be a part of building that business. Maybe it's about your, your quiet time with God, building a devotional life, building discipline, building a life of consistency with him. Maybe it's about building purity in your life, building a great prayer life. Perhaps it's about building a small group. Maybe you've joined a, the dream team and it's about building into this place, into this campus here. I don't know what it is that you have been called to build, but what I do know is that once we start building something for God, the more likely we are to face some opposition in our life, yeah? When we step out and we begin to build something that God has called us to build, it so often happens that opposition comes up against us to try and stop you from continuing in the work that God wants you to do in your life. You know, a passage of scripture that always encourages me is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Paul, the writer of this passage, he says, be steadfast, be immovable. Why does he say this to us? He's saying it because he knows that there are going to be seasons and times that come that will try and move you, try and stop you from doing the work that God has called you to do. But Paul is saying, in those times, don't give up. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Don't let those things cause you to quit. In chapter 2, Haggai speaks directly to the heart of this issue when he speaks to the Israelites, he says in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Then he says, so he's saying, look, we have nothing. Like, there's nothing really here that we've built. But then he says, yet now be strong. He's saying, don't be discouraged in that thought. Be strong, he says. Be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you. Be strong, he says. Work, for I am with you. And that is the message that we all need to take home today from Haggai. Yet, even when we're feeling discouraged, even when we want to quit, be strong. Work, for the Lord is with you you. So there's a couple of things that I want us to identify this morning, and, and maybe you'll find yourself in either of these two camps, or perhaps you'll even sit in both. But you know, there are times when either of these can happen to us in our world, and it will make us want to quit. But I want to tell you this. The first thing I need to, you to know, don't let discouragement stop you. Don't let discouragement stop you. Listen, you will get discouraged along the way. There will be times when opposition will speak to you and try and discourage you. Well, that's really encouraging, Bex. I came to church to be encouraged this morning. And you're telling me I'm going to be discouraged? 
Listen, there are going to be seasons in your life where discouragement is going to come. Listen, even in church, you'll probably feel ignored. You may feel offended. Crikey, I'll probably offend you before I finish the message. There will be times when you may feel overlooked. You might be excluded. You might be discouraged. Listen, discouragement is going to come. Maybe discouragement in your ministry, in your marriage, in your kids. It's going to come. Why do I say this to you? I'm not saying it to you so that you feel terrible and leave the place feeling more worse than you came. No, I'm telling you because I want you to know that when discouragement comes, don't quit. I'm telling you because I need you to know that when discouragement comes, do not give up. Be steadfast and immovable. Can I tell you that there are seasons in my life I feel seriously discouraged? There have been times in my walk with God, there have been times in ministry where I have wanted to give up, where I have thought I've started lining up the other occupations, where I have thought, thank you, Jesus, I've got my teaching uh, license, I can just go back and teach, you know, where I've thought, man, it would be so much easier to just be working behind a store, you know, in a store selling things to people. There have been so many times I've felt discouraged. In fact, I kind of feel like sometimes, there are some times I go through, I think, man, I'm living my life more discouraged than I am encouraged. You know, you know, after church on a Sunday, you know how many times I sit there and how long I sit there and I think to myself, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I wish I'd said it this way. Oh, what did I say that for? You know, what a dummy. You know, I think about when I speak to people out there and I think, oh, I sounded like such a wally. What did I do that for? You know, um, why am I telling you? I'm not telling you this so that after the service you'll come to me and go, Bex, we love you. We think you're nice. You know, like, oh, you did a good job. I don't, I don't want that. That's not why I'm telling you. I'm telling you this because I want you to know that we're all on the same playing field. This is, listen, listen, being up here doesn't make it any different for me than it is for you. I'm I go through seasons where I'm just as discouraged as you do too. Listen, it happens to all of us where we will walk through seasons where we'll be discouraged. And I want you to know that when that happens, don't quit. Don't give up. Listen, one of the greatest contributors to discouragement in our life is one thing. Do you know what it is? And Haggai put points on it. It's comparison. You know, comparison will cause us to feel discouraged. Some of you here today, you're living in a perpetual state of discouragement because you are constantly comparing yourself to someone else. Comparing your marriage, your relationship, your kids, your ministry, your serving, your work. Constant state of encouragement because we're constantly comparing our start to someone else's finish. We gotta stop comparing our page one with someone else's page 20. We've got to stop comparing our new temple with the old temple that was, right? And if we don't stop comparing, we will find ourselves feeling discouraged, but we can't let discouragement stop us. We can't let discouragement stop us. I love the, the story of Nehemiah building the wall, right? Nehemiah builds the wall, and, and, and someone comes along and they say, well, that's a stink wall. Like, that wall's, that wall's no good. Like that wall so stink that a fox could come and knock that wall over. Nehemiah, how about that? Do you know what Nehemiah says? Bible says, and so we built the wall. Discouragement came, didn't give up. And so we built the wall. 
And so I'll continue to build what God is calling me to build. Can I remind you this morning? And yet, be strong. Work for God. The Lord is with you. Don't let discouragement stop you. The second thing you need to know, don't let failure stop you. Don't let failure stop you. Just because you've tried and you've failed, don't stop building what God is calling you to build. Listen, this is a message for someone today. Your failure isn't fatal. Your failure isn't fatal and it isn't final. Your failure does not have the final word over your life and the call that God has on your life. Can I say this? You are going to fail at some point. Well, there's another encouraging statement. (laughs) You're gonna make a mistake. You're not gonna get it right all the time. Listen, I don't get it right all the time. I do dumb stuff every day. You know, I'm just like you. I'm just trying to muddle along. We're gonna get it wrong and we're gonna mess up and we're gonna make mistakes and sometimes in our personal life, we're gonna sin and we're gonna... We're gonna have some failures there, but I want you to know that when failure happens, don't give up, don't quit. Don't stop building what God has called you to build. See, too many times I see people who who come into the house of God, they begin building something for God, really doing something, stepping out for Him. You know, they begin really getting stuck into what God is calling them to do, and then they make a mistake. They get it wrong. And we all do. And you know, so often I see, instead of pressing in, they step back and they stop building. They just isolate themselves and they withdraw and they stop. But you know what my Bible says? My Bible says that even the righteous man falls down seven times, but he what? He gets back up again. Church, when failure comes, we don't give up, we get up, right? You know what, just like Paul said in Philippines, he said, I have not reached perfection, but this one thing I do, letting go of the past. I press forward into the future. I press forward to achieve the goal. I press forward into what God has for me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. My past hasn't always been perfect, but I'm gonna let go of my past. I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna continue pressing in, continue building all that God has called me to build. Some of you here, you've been called to build something for God. You've been called to build a great marriage. You've been called to build a great ministry, a great business. You've been called to build something for him, maybe it's simply your walk with God, your relationship with God, and you've failed and you've messed up. And sometimes those mess ups and those failings can make us feel like we've disqualified now from the call of God. We can think that our failures have disqualified us from what God wants us to do. But I've got news for you today. And with all the love in my heart, I need to tell you something. You're not that powerful, friend. Your mistakes and your failures are not powerful enough to discount you from the call that God has on your life. Get up. Don't give up. See, what I love about that passage in Corinthians, be immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord for nothing you do for him is in vain. Listen, even your failure is not in vain. 
God can use even our failures and our mistakes to produce fruit for him. Did you hear that this morning, church? God can use even our mess-ups to produce fruit. Listen, the Bible says, and all things work together for good. All things, not some, not only the good stuff. He uses all things to work together for the good of those who loved him and are called according to his purpose. You're called according to his purpose. What does Haggai say? Yet, be strong. Work, for the Lord is with you. You know, I said before that when it comes to any sporting event, I tend to give up, you know? Well, I was training for a half marathon um, a few years ago. It was like eight years ago. My mother-in-law challenged me to do the Auckland half marathon. And I thought, well, goodness me, I can't say no to that, can I? That's a challenge. So I said, okay, I'll do it. Well, I started training. And three weeks in, my calf muscles started to hurt like crazy. I think it was wearing high heels, you know. And so I literally, I, I don't even know how far I'd run. I probably haven't, hadn't even run a kilometre. Because actually, you know what? A kilometre feels like quite far away. Hadn't even run a kilometre. Probably a few hundred metres, my calf muscles started hurting. I thought, well, this is no good. This can't be the call of God for my life. So I stopped, right? I stopped right then and there, three weeks into my training. I quit. I gave up training. But I couldn't tell my mother-in-law that I wasn't going to do the half marathon, could I? So I did it. And I, I swear I nearly collapsed at the end of the finish. Like, I'm no joke. Getting to the finish line, we're about a, a few hundred metres away, and I, I went like this. <laughs> she looks at me like, oh, you're going to like pass out right here. Anyway, it absolutely annihilated me. I, 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 do not, I couldn't walk for a week, and I'm not lying. Uh, but recently, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine challenged me again to a half marathon. And I thought, well, I'm not going to let it beat me this time. Do you know what I did? This natural born quitter, the self-confessed quitter, I trained. I started training. And again, same thing happened. Calf muscles started to get really sore, like tight. And I thought, this hurts. But you know what? This time I played it different. I started to run a new dialogue in my head. You know what the dialogue said? Just don't stop. Just don't stop. So when it hurt, I'd be running along and literally you'd see me talking out loud, you'd think I was crazy. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. Just, I thought to myself, if I just don't stop, it won't beat me. So I just didn't stop. And, and then I'd get to four kilometers and then I'd get to seven kilometers and with each new kilometer, a new pain would begin to niggle. But what I realized is if I just didn't stop, eventually the pain would. And I'd break through that pain. And I'd be running along like, yeah, man, I'm like the man. Look at me go, marathon runner. And then I'd keep going and more pain would come somewhere else. And I'd think to myself, I can't do this. But, but the dialogue, the new dialogue in my head, just don't stop. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. And eventually, I'd outlast my pain. Do you know sometimes when we're trying to build something for God and we're feeling discouraged or when failure, comes, failure come, tries to come and stop us, sometimes it is about simply having the ability to endure that gets us across the line in the end. Just don't stop. Friends, what I've learned is that 90% of this game is actually simply just turning up. Just don't stop turning up. Sundays, you know, you walk with God's hard. Stuff's going on in your life. Your marriage is broken business is turned on its head. Don't stop turning up. 
don't stop turning up. You may not feel like it. You may not want to. You may just want to pull the covers over your head. Can I encourage you? Don't stop turning up. God will do something in your life. That's a word for someone today. Don't quit. Don't quit. I love what this says in Haggai 2 and the team starting to come now. It says, Haggai 2 verse 9, it says, The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord. You know, I believe that's God's promise for you and I. That even that what we've seen in the past, that what we've seen built to date, that the things that we are yet to see are going to be even greater. That God is going to use you and he's going to use me to build something that we haven't even imagined yet. That it's going to be so beautiful that we haven't even seen before. Yet be strong and work for the Lord is with you. You know why we can be strong and work? You know why we can't quit? Why we have the ability to not give up? Because God is with us. The God of heaven. The God of the impossible. He's with us. He's with you. Walking every part of the journey with you, giving you the strength and the power that you need. He's not just with you, he's in you. Yeah? He's in you. Come on, church, would you stand to your feet? I'd love to be able to pray with you this morning. Actually, I'd love to be able to pray with you for a couple of different things.